I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Sin City Super Showdown sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Nobody loves an alliteration like Scott <laughs> Soshnick. Uh, but I do like good alliterations. That was that was not good. <laughs> All right. I thought for a second you were going to compliment no, no, the no, intro no, there. No, it looked no, like no. for a second I had uh, no. I'd managed to win approval. No, no, it was. I mean, it's okay, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I need, I need, I need punchier. I need, I don't know. The, the simple. It was too simple for me. Too simple. Fair enough. I'm not kidding. Fair here. enough. But it is. It is the week, and I got to say, this week between the championship games and the Super Bowl week. It, it seems short. I don't know. Maybe I was busy. You know, focus group had a, had a tournament. Maybe it was a little shorter. I don't know. But it didn't seem to drag on for me. I feel like, oh, it's Super Bowl week. Here we are. Like, like I'm ready for this. I, I agree with that. I, I think like a lot of football fans, I was expecting um, just a constant barrage of, of, of fluffy Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stories, among, among other things. And, and it actually didn't seem to work out that way. The um, I, I've been ha- pleasantly surprised with how the news cycle has moved in the past week, um, and I say that knowing we have we have six more days to come, and I'm sure there will be more uh, moving forward. Well, one of the things we always used to say at our old outlet, one of the things we needed to do before going uh, to the Super Bowl location was to call the police department spokespeople in that particular municipality and introduce ourselves and say, hey, do you mind if at the end of each night we give you a ring and... Uh, we check in and see if anything happened with some <laughs> names that we might be interested in. And uh, already, um, it was not in Las Vegas, but we have uh, Pat Mahomes, um, of course, quarterback of the Senior. Kansas City Chiefs, the dad, <laughs> yep, uh, pit, former major league pitcher, uh, arrested for alleged D, uh, DUI. So uh, I'm sure that's not exactly how Pat Mahomes wanted to go into his Super Bowl week with prob- questions about, hey, what, what's up with your dad? No question. Yeah, it, it's a. It, it's been really fascinating to see how. And sorry for the, the sirens there. How the NFL? <laughs> they're, is, they're coming for Pat. <laughs> they're coming. Yeah, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Too uh, easy. Sorry. How, how the NFL is is dealing with Vegas, right? The, the, there's there's parties. There there's there's gambling in in every city that you have the Super Bowl, but but none to the scale of Las Vegas in terms of where the teams are staying yeah. nowhere far near away. the strip yeah, far away <laughs> no surprise um, a, a lot of communication from what i understand between the league the teams and players and personnel about gambling 
re- re- reinforcing the league's rules about betting on sports, but also gambling. Period. That one seems silly. During, to me. why can't I, why can't time. I play roulette? Well, I can't play roulette if I'm. I mean, it's just silly. There's a lot of rules that that, that make no sense, yeah. right? The fact that as a NFL player, you can't sit at your stall in the practice facility yeah. and and bet on the NBA also feels like it is a it is a silly yeah. uh, silly restriction to to a degree. But the the we we've talked a lot about the show. There's been so much written about how Vegas has turned from being essentially taboo to professional leagues to the, the one of the hottest cities for professional leagues in about a decade. Um, sports betting obviously playing a uh, a big role there, but but the the league is obviously very sensitive to the idea that despite the fact that it is making a lot of money, a lot of money uh, from from sports betting, there is still some reputational risk associated with the uh, with the convenience of the marriage. Evan, were you aware? that not in the too distant past, uh, the National Football League barred Tony Romo from even <laughs> attending a fantasy event in Las Vegas. I mean, were you aware of that? Can you? But that actually happened. I do. I do. I was oh, aware yeah, of that. Yeah, I, do, yeah, I, yeah. I, wow. I, I do remember it. Yeah. I mean, the about the about face is, is wild. Right. And I, and I don't want to give I, I don't want to give too much. I don't want to emphasize it too much because I think it often actually gets overblown in terms of the way that the opposition these leagues had relative to, to to the partnerships and cozy relationship they have right now, but nothing puts a finer point on that than than having a Super Bowl in Las Vegas a couple of years after moving a team to Las Vegas. Um, MLS tried and failed to put a team there. The 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 Oakland Athletics are are, are trying to move a team there. The NBA, if you were a betting man, pun not intended, I think you would certainly expect Vegas to be on a very short list of, of, of NBA expansion. That brings us to um, Theo and Fenway Sports Group. No, we'll, 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 I, I'm sorry. I know it <laughs> doesn't. Uh, I mean, it would have been a great transition, but we're not there yet. But anyway, yeah, that's a little tease, a little foreshadow. There's certainly, yeah, so certainly, uh, there's certainly a, a, a big Vegas story looming over over the Super Bowl. Uh, what what else are you kind of paying attention to? One of the things I've been thinking about a lot, and, and I know there's a story, Sportico story is coming later this week about this as well. The, the the roster construction between these two teams, I think, is actually quite fascinating from a business standpoint. Uh, on one end, in Kansas City, you have the the one of, if not maybe even the highest paid player in the league this year in Patrick Mahomes, quarterback star, making a very large amount of money, one of the highest paid players on the team, if not the league itself. And then on the other end, you have Brock Purdy, a guy who's on his first NFL contract being paid uh, a very small amount, right? The, the way in which your roster construction differs when you have a star quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or a guy on his rookie deal like, like Brock Purdy, drastically changes the way that in a hard salary cap you can think about constructing the rest of your roster. That's certainly one of them that jumps out to me as an interesting juxtaposition between two teams, which we don't often see in other sports, right? In 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 the NBA, for example, if the if LeBron and the, and the Lakers were to meet just just pick a star team in the East. Let's say the the Seventy Sixers. They've been in the news recently. You get a sense that like there's star players on both these teams. They're getting huge max contracts. They're paid roughly the same. Um, football, yeah. Sometimes it just works out differently in terms of who the good teams are. And and there's a relationship between those two things also. That if you're not spending a ton of money on on a few highly paid players, if you can get some 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 talent at big positions for less money, you obviously have more money to pass around to to other positions as well. So that's one thing that's on my radar. Boy, that was long for one thing i would have said celtics or bucks um but now we're, are, the, are the knicks yeah. for real i mean can we go into like let's go on the fan for a moment knicks won a whole bunch of games in a row before they lost to lebron 
you're, you're the NBA guy, Scott. I would I would defer to you. I'll say everybody's for real. Because my, my gut reaction is, of course, the Knicks are not, <laughs> not for real. Yeah. No, no, no. They play hard. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes on that one. Um, well, I am going out to Vegas for uh, – I haven't – You are? Yeah, I didn't tabulate totally. So we're recording on Monday. I'm leaving tomorrow. So when you're listening to the show, I'll say I'm leaving today. Um, I'm very interested to spend some time with Lloyd Howell, the new or relatively new executive director of the NFL Players Association. Um, yep. You know, comes from a Booz Hamilton background, and he and I had some interesting chats. I'm I'm really interested to see in sort of where the players go from here. There is relative labor peace, right? They had a big bargaining chip in the 17th game, and I guess they extracted what they wanted. Maybe, maybe not. Roger still has plenty of power in terms of uh, the Lord of the Discipline. Um, but I'm really curious as to now, with labor peace, what do you do? I'm, I'm interested in the associations in general. Um, Tamika Tremeglio let go at the NBPA. Uh, we hear plenty of players as sort of your tech uh, entrepreneur and investor these days. Um, I'm just really curious to see what the agenda is for the NFLPA. What do they hope to accomplish? What, uh, whether it's in tandem with the NFL or or on their own, and which which players are going to lead the way? I'm just dying to uh, to hear what they have to say. From a from a business perspective, I I think of the 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 major league unions as as kind of juggling with with two big questions. One obviously being the negotiation and labor accords with their leagues. Mm-hmm. What do they look like? What are they prioritizing? What can they value? Yeah. And then secondly, and the NFLPA has been on the forefront of this recently, is outside of that relationship, how do we better monetize all the rights that we have among our players that are not contingent on the labor The accord? group license. And the group licensing. And, and the NFLPA and, and Major League Baseball PA came together to form one team partners a few years ago. Uh, they're still kind of working their way through that. I don't think, and, and, and I could be wrong, but to my knowledge, I don't think any of the major unions has, has really fully figured that out yet. That piece of the, the celebrity among star athletes in America is so incredibly strong. And yes, some of that is tied directly to the teams that he or she plays for and plays on and the IP of, of those leagues. But um, yeah, the, the, there are players that are way more popular and bigger celebrities than the teams that they're, that they play on and monetizing that is a unique challenge because of communication and players are doing their own thing. It's not just the union thing. They're doing their own thing. But to, to, to my, in my opinion, from where I sit, no major league union has really, really figured out the best way to get buy-in from all of the stars and to collectively monetize their rights in, in a way that, that, that feels commensurate with the stardom that they have. Well, I, to echo what you just said, I think we can do it through nomenclature. I mean, you know what the licensing arm of the NBPA is known as? You know, do you know the title of the licensing arm? Uh, think 450, something yeah, like that, Yeah, you right? know what that stands yeah. for. There's That's the number of players. Number of players in the league. Think. Yeah. As a group, think for the 450 <laughs> yeah, players yeah. in the NBA. But, you know, LeBron James would have a little different nomenclature. Think me. <laughs> think, think one. one. <laughs> yeah, think, think one. So uh, it's, that, that's, the way it's, that's the way it is. But it, it, at least I, I like, of course, you got your obvious, your video games and, and the like, right. But then how do you capitalize on sort of the, the collective? I think it's easier in the NBA than it is in the NFL because realistically – how many mega stars are there in the NFL? You've got, you know, your handful of quarterbacks, a couple, maybe a couple of skilled position players, but by and large, your your linemen, you know, your your linebackers, your 
your your defensive backs, they're nameless, faceless, just, you know, okay, well, who's my left guard? Whatever. You know, yeah. hard, hard to rope that person into some marketing, um, a, a conversation, by the way, for Lloyd Howell. Like, what, what, what can you do as a group? What's your approach? Where do you stand on sort of this this uh, pie-in-sky thinking of, of equity, of players holding equity in franchises or uh, holding equity, equity in the league. Um, we, we're hearing more and more about that. As the NFL moles uh, the addition of private equity uh, investors in teams, where does that leave the players? We have a blueprint, right, from the NBA and, and their labor talks, and they're trying to form a way where it's the union, um, the players via the union can invest in teams, and we'll see what that looks like when they cross the finish line. But I expect those same sorts of conversations to happen in the NFL, only difference being sort of the valuation of the teams. You know, the, the, the NFL is the king of the, of the hill. So uh, these are the kind of things I want to talk to Lloyd about, and I'm really excited to see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. By the way, wait, let me tease. We do have a, a guest op-ed coming from Lloyd uh, later this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, little little bit is a little business item. Everybody would have yelled at me. You didn't even promote the op-ed. Sorry. Yep, yep. Lloyd Howell op-ed. I believe it's. I, believe, I think it drops Thursday. I think it drops Thursday. Uh, great. Yeah, people should should keep an eye out for that. Obviously, another thing that I would I would think about as when I, when we talk about unions, particularly for the NFLPA, the 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 one of the things that the the PA one of the big changes that's happened over the past decade with the PA is rookie NFL players are getting paid a lot less. It's less of a priority during, uh, during they're labor not, talks. They're not members of the union yet. <laughs> Obviously there's, there's no uh, about to be players in the union to advocate for those about to be players. Um, but, but just, a, it's a stat that, that I think would, would blow a lot of people's minds. But when Sam Bradford was picked as the number one pick way back when he got a $78 million contract, and when Bryce Young was the, was the number one pick last year, 2023, he got a $37 million contract. Mm-hmm. Th- that just shows you how big the, the, the rookie pay scale has changed. The, the, the dynamic for rookie and rookie football players is going to change with NIL, right? Mm-hmm. More and more, the, the best college football players are going to be making significantly more while in college than they ever were. And that is, I think, going to change the dynamic between how you feel if you are a star college football player about the the, the salary offering that you're getting in the NFL. And I, I do think that you know Caleb Williams is, is is a vehicle to tell that story. But th- there's a really interesting dynamic shift, I think, where for a long time, for a lot of star college football players, any kind of contract from the NFL was amazing and life changing and a fundamental different from co- difference from college. And we're going to get to a point now where athletes are making ten plus million dollars in college on their way to the NFL, and suddenly that 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 shrinking rookie deal maybe doesn't look quite as alluring as it did in the past. So another thing to think about and maybe discuss with Lloyd. I'm fascinated to see how that dynamic changes. Well, things to think about uh, what we've already talked about. You know, Caleb did bring up the concept of I would like equity, equity. in the <laughs> team that drafts me now we know that will not happen right good, now good luck young man yeah, yeah but it, it's just the fact that the young man is thinking that way clearly his eyes have been opened his ears has have been opened to what's going on in, in the sports business ecosystem and i if i asked if uh if i sat down with him and said hey could we have a longer discussion i i don't know whether or not he would know what's going on in other leagues in terms of um, why they're bringing in private equity, what what governors are on there, what are the guardrails, um, where it stands in the NFL and sort of the special owner committee. I don't know, but I, I do love the fact that he just brought it up. Whether whether somebody told him to, whether it was a talking point, I don't care. 
other players are watching, the world is watching, and the commissioners and the owners are listening to what this this uh, about to be number one pick has to say, and uh, it, it's a it's a harbinger of things to come. Like it's just be known that there's an education going on with the with athletes, younger athletes. That these are the questions that owners maybe five, ten, twenty years ago could have easily pushed aside. Oh no, that, that's yeah. silly. Uh, and yeah. I know the response. By the way, it's the same thing you hear during labor. I take all the risk, right? My and by the way, I I will tell you, Evan. I've said this before that that I was unsympathetic to that uh, in a world where we knew what the appreciation was. It's like owning an NFL was kind of like a guarantee, like having a CD. You're going to go X percent, whatever. You know, everything was great until COVID hit, and you know revenue was zero. That's you know okay. Wait, I see this now. Yeah. I see. I can see there there is an element of risk here, uh, not to the franchise appreciation, but sort of to your <laughs> yeah. operating, you know, your cash flow, your free cash flow of that year. So um, it was easy to get away with. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. I'm, you know, it's my capital. I, I I own the team. You don't have anything at risk. To all right. Well, is there a broader discussion to have? Is can we grow the pie faster? Can I make more money as partners? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's, that's at least, I think, where we're headed. At least a discussion. Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing that I, I think that part, that last point you made, gets lost in the conversation sometimes, right? There is a reason that startups grant equity to a lot of its most important employees, right? Like and, the and, NFL. And, and, and one and of those investors. reasons, one of those reasons is that there, there is a, when there's a mutual working towards a goal that sometimes there's more motivation, there's more synergy, et cetera. Um, NFL obviously was not built anywhere near that kind of structure, but yes, I think there is a, th- that argument that, 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 that cutting players in and the NBA may, may be getting the closest to this, but cutting players in in some way incentivizes everybody to work together in a way that, that, that maybe they weren't before, uh, I think actually has a lot of merit and has a lot of legs. Um, but you're right. I think it's just going to, it's going to take a while, I think to, uh, to get to that point. My favorite Andy Brandt quote has nothing to do with kickers and lawyers. I mean, that's just been forever, but I do love the, uh, the Andy Brandt socialize the cost, privatize the profit. Yeah, and to keep it. How do we keep it? How do we keep it? Yeah. You pay, I keep. <laughs> that, yeah. that I do love. All right, let's move on. You mentioned um, Fenway. You mentioned, I mentioned Theo, Theo Epstein. Back in an ownership capacity with Fenway Sports Group, of course, Theo, the former general manager of the Boston Red Sox when they won the World Series, um, also of the Chicago Cubs when they won the World Series. And if you win the World Series as the general manager of both those franchises, uh, you get a lot of good things. You're, and you're set for life. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is one of them now. Uh, Theo will relinqu- uh, relinquish his role as a sort of advisor to MLB. 
um, because now he's taking an ownership stake in the parent company of the Red Sox, of Liverpool, and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, I mean, we can we can tease out what some of those other things are because even some sports fans, I think, don't know that, that, that Fenway owns Fenway Park, obviously, owns the Red Sox, owns Liverpool, as you mentioned, the Pittsburgh Penguins yep. uh, of the NHL, Roush Fenway Racing, uh, NASCAR team. Uh, and uh, we, we teased it, seemed to be interested in an NBA team. They just led the investment, uh, the, 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 the strategic sports group's investment into the PGA Tours. Collect them fees. Com- commercial rights. They own a franchise, TGL, in, in Tiger and Rory's new, new golf uh, golf league. They are one of these companies that we talk about a lot that is these platform parent companies that own a lot Nesson, of sports with Nesson. a lot of synergies in a lot yep. of places. Nesson, obviously they have the media piece as well. Um, the, the, this, I imagine for Theo is a, is a very fun new challenge, right? It's, it's good economically. He's becoming an investor and, and part owner in Fenway. Already, by the way, though, the, he was already an operating partner in Arctos. So he, you know, he's, you he's already he's already embedded in the in the private equity world of, in the firm that's buying LP stakes in a whole bunch of franchises. Was that the triangulation? Triangulation. This, right this is our triangulation <laughs> portion of the show. Thank you. Ding ding ding. Oh, well, wait a minute. Ding ding ding. That we our triangulation. We should have a uh, a triangle. And you know, ding 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 ding. We should, like you were calling the uh, calling the folks in for lunch. We should 100 percent do that. I will talk uh, to Eric. That, 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 it's up to you to get that. Exact it's up to you. Who wants to sponsor um, the triangulation they, portion of the show? Who makes sense? Any idea? Sitco? Do they have the speaking of Fenway? Yeah, is there a triangle? Gonna, well, I was going to say if you didn't bring the Fenway in there, I was going to like, ooh, all right. Yeah, Sitco yeah, is the Sitco, triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, we'll have to figure. Well, out. we are. We have incepted our own brains here. I, I like uh, it. Is there a pyramid? Degree. Anybody else have a pyramid? Or, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yes, got to anyway. be Sitco. That's it. All right. um, Calling all you, sponsors you, for the triangulation portion of the show. That's it. I will say your name, the company of your name. I don't know. Um, since it's triangle, I will say your company names uh, three times. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? Your son? Well, anybody you know watch any of the NHL All Star Game? Um, okay. When you say any of the NHL All Star Game, as you know, focus group of one and I were down in Fort Lauderdale, and and mom uh, down in Fort Lauderdale for a tournament. Uh, so if it counts, that in between games we went to eat at some restaurant. And on one of the smaller TVs in the establishment, the NHL All-Star Game was on while the Miami Heat were playing. So clearly that would have been, you know, the focus television. We did ask for change, eventually got it. So they were peaking, but it wasn't – amazingly, it wasn't sort of all out pay attention uh, to it. I will say what what by osmosis made its way to my brain is one thing, that Connor McDavid won a million dollars. Yeah, that, that's that's I, I hate it because I was trying to watch a little Matty Barzal see see what he did, but the the only thing that made it through well two things one McDavid won and, and won a million bucks I have no idea anything after that and two it seemed like everybody really liked it in Toronto yeah that, that yeah, those yeah. are the two things that I can take away. The, the all-star games have become existential crisis is maybe a, a bit of an exaggeration, but a challenge for every league to figure out what format works, what's going to keep people engaged. The, the, the idea a long time ago was that the all-star game was a chance to see player personalities. Social media changed that forever. There's not the, the appeal of just seeing guys in a more casual setting is not enough anymore. So trying to figure out the different, formats the nhl i think has done a very good job recently of playing around with some different things i know you were there in florida last year scott and they, they very much embraced the kind of beach theme of of doing the all-star yeah, the game only there. problem was when i bought tickets and me and a bunch of the kids went to the game 
Half of it was shown on the Jumbotron as recorded earlier in the day at the beach. Yeah, so we're just sitting there in the arena going, why am I here? That's bad. Been, that's bad. Yeah. The the NHL All-Star game, to come full circle a little bit, was in Vegas a couple of years ago. They did a very cool poker-style yeah. game with, with some of the All-Stars there. This year, they did the skills challenge, but but a little bit differently. They essentially made it like a decathlon. It was everybody competed in all the events, and slowly they started kicking people out. Um, I think I think the format, from what I've read from, from NHL fans I know, uh, was what people really liked. I, I caught a very short, very small amount of it. My partner uh, it happens to to quasi like the Oilers, so she was excited oh, to oh, see. Oh, quasi uh, likes yeah, the Oilers. Time. Right, I yeah. Know. So we watched Connor McDavid do the, the not the fastest skater, but the, the skater obstacle course thing. Mm-hmm. And we watched a few of them, and she was like, is it me, or am I crazy that he's like visibly better at this than everybody else? It is not you. And I was like, no, this is the 12 best players in the world, and yes, he is visibly better than everybody else. And then we watched Nikita Kucherov go. Scott, I don't know if you've read about him, but he was playing the role of the heel, the anti-heel. I don't even know what was going on, but he was sleepwalking through the thing to, to, to loud boos from everybody in the Toronto crowd, uh, which added to the drama, I think, in some ways, right? There was a, a villain... Uh, to, to watch and he got kicked out I think for I think he finished last among everybody because again he was barely trying um, but I, I applaud the NHL for trying to find and, and iterating year over year which I think is what it requires now I think the, the the answer is that to keep this thing fresh you need a new format every year try something new do something different um, and, and I'm sure we'll see other leagues play around with that as well but on the whole I think it was probably a, a successful an all-star game with Connor McDavid featured heavily in Toronto seems like it is a uh, it's a layup of a business plan but it does seem like it went quite well all right well I have two comments my, where my mind was was meandering as you were talking one because you mentioned we were down there uh, half our games for the tournament were played at the ice den which is the practice ring for the Panthers lovely two-sheet facility little cold for my liking I did not bring a jacket I thought a sweatshirt would be enough for the ice den even though the word ice is in there I was wrong it was cold in there but then the other rink and I was excited Excited to play here because again you shut your eyes it's called the rink at the beach right okay. and like that's got to be great right oh big, a, i'm picturing big glass windows yeah, with if, on the outside. You, let me tell you <laughs> the warrior facility in boston where the uh where the bruins practice has a giant glass wall overlooking the highway just you know beautiful facility rink at the beach oh my god what a dump what a total dump. Locker rooms the size of postage stamps. So the, the surface itself was kind of small. Our boys are too big, too fast to be playing on these little rinks. Like just collisions all over the place. But anyway, the uh, owner of the rink at the beach was going to sponsor our triangulation. Thing no, he was not. He's not. And now, and now he's he, ripping up. He won't the, even put up clean. Plex, he won't even put up clean plexiglass. There's no way he's sponsoring ripping anything. Ripping up that offer. And, and then when you brought up Taylor Swift, and because oh no, you didn't. You brought up. You said the word antihero about Nikita Kucherov. And that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. my segue to Taylor Swift because we can't really have a show Super Bowl week without Taylor Swift course, and her lyrics. Of course, you know, uh, I look into the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the antihero, which I love. So that brought me to there. Very nice. Thank you. Which then brings me to an interesting tweet. It's on the backside of my paper. Had to write this one down, uh, linking it all. The Grammy Awards. And unfortunately, I told you this outside before we started the show. But let's give the listeners a moment to maybe answer. And you can talk over it. But what was the top Grammy Awards market? What do you think was number one in terms of number of people tuning in to watch the Grammys? And what were your guesses? It's, this is to, 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 to clarify. It's it's as, as a percentage of the thing, right? right. Not just raw numbers. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my my original guess was Atlanta. Yeah, you said Atlanta, then you said Nashville. Um, 
And then I said Nashville, obviously two places, like two two hubs of, of music in, in, in the American Southeast. Right. And this is how, again, if, if you didn't have the second piece of information, and I tell you it's Kansas City, with, with a 13.6 rating, you could say, okay, well, maybe there's an anomaly or, you know, or maybe Casey always loves music. How about this? Up 86% over last year. So don't tell me Casey doesn't love its Tay, right? Yeah, the, 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 one of the interesting things about that stat is that the when I think about the, the Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship – it feels like the a lot of the benefits flow towards the Travis and the NFL side, mm-hmm. right? We've talked a lot about the hordes of people that were, were, were trying to get to NFL games that she was going to be at or wouldn't normally be watching NFL games that were tuning in because she was there. Um, this is an example of the opposite, right? This is, by virtue of that stat, seems like it is potentially Kansas City Chiefs fans yep. or Travis Kelsey fans that are wouldn't normally but are now tuning in to see Taylor in, in, in some way. Uh, that's really interesting to me because I, I have always thought about the dynamic as almost one directional given given where the NFL is with its own fans and where Taylor is with hers. They're the beneficiaries. This is at least, this is an argument for uh, it it going in both directions. Taylor needs this. That's what this says. Taylor needs these fans. Not really. All right, (laughs) let's close it out with this because I found it interesting also. So you saw Sphere announced, uh, had had its earnings. Yep. All right, so 315, I'm sorry, 314 million in revenue. Now, if you asked me, where's the bunk of the revenue coming from? I would have said U2 with and then a close number two being sort of your, your advertising. That includes your exoskeleton. They get so much yeah. attention, right? Nope. That's not it. You know what the number one revenue gen generator is? I, I know because you told yeah, me. Yeah, so go yeah. ahead and share it. <laughs> yeah, it's, what, it's called Postcards of the Earth. Yeah, something like that. The Sphere Experience <laughs> and then whatever it is you just said. Yeah, I yeah. think it's the, the kind of standing show, the one that they're, they're showing yeah, most you could, often. Yeah, you could just show up and say, sphere. I want to see this today, right? Yeah, so I think just by virtue of volume, the amount of shows that they're doing and, and, and whatever the gate is for each individual one seems to be that's why it's the it's the dominant one versus, as you said, the the, the quick one week where someone like U2 comes in or The Grateful yeah. Dead comes in and, and, and does bonkers numbers, but for a short, a short amount of time. Um, every photo I see of the sphere, and we're seeing a lot of them because the Super Bowl's there. A lot of football everyone looks, on the sphere. Every single one looks photoshopped. Yeah. It's like a different angle, and the thing just looks so huge yeah. and so garish, and the colors are so bright. Bright, Everything garish, and huge. Looks, Las Vegas. Looks, yeah, there you go. Um, looks photoshopped. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a and 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 for folks who don't know, developed by Madison Square Garden, the same parent overarching parent company of the Rangers and the Knicks and, and your NBA uh, Finals the, bound the, New York the, Knicks. the Beacon and exactly the real New York Knicks. Um, a model that it seems like there may be. They may be trying to replicate other places. I've heard London as well. London um, said no. No, London said no. Yeah. I have not heard London. I, I, I'm wrong. Yeah, London turned um, them down. Yeah, a, a very expensive um, live venue that is very cool from anyone I've heard who's been there. But Dead and Company coming next, right? Back Dead and Company coming next. What, whatever a marriage monetization comes back. Hallucinatory we'll see. heaven, Jesus. But I, I'm. I, it, there's not much stuff like this that makes me curious, yeah. Scott. I'd lo- I'd love to see a show there. Just, just, prof- just curious about personally curious about everything I've heard about how amazing the U two shows were, um, and how different, how fundamentally different See, it I is heard, from yeah, I heard two anything things. Else. I, I agree. I've heard how amazingly different uh, and um, transformative the U two show was as well as in, in that venue. But yeah. I also had a subset of people telling me it's fine. You can go and be blown away and say it's great, or you can wait for somebody to really, really design a show specifically for that venue. 
Mm. And they were like, yep. you know, they were spitballing. These people that I was talking to were spitballing. He said, no, somebody like Lady Gaga, a theatrical, performative, Bruce. something or other. Yeah, I don't see Bruce exactly. <laughs> that's not what I see. But anyway, you know, Dead & Company next, so that'll be interesting as well. But that's not for yeah. me. Um, playing at the Beacon Theater when I went on my first date with my now wife was Phil Lesh. And there were a whole bunch of people outside, and uh, I remember I was just walking by. I kept saying to her, I go, who the hell is Phil Lesh? <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? I, didn't, I did not know. Who will be at this Phil Lesh? I did, I did not know. So that has stuck with us all these years. Every time one of us is curious about something, we say, who the hell is Phil Lesh? Amazing. Well, Scott, have a great time in Las yeah. Vegas. We will catch in with you either later this week or, or next week. Get all of the get all of the updates. <laughs> um, in the meantime, you can follow Scott's adventures in Vegas at his Twitter account at Soshnik. I am Evan Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veldman. <laughs> Would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.